You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and we're looking at the second part of The Gospel is for Everyone. That's right. The Gospel is for Everyone. Today on Words of Encouragement. Boy, it's good to be with you this morning. It is good to be in this place today. Uh, We started last Sunday looking at the gospel is for everyone. We looked at uh, preparation and explanation. And today we're going to be looking at proclamation and vindication. Uh, You remember the story we were looking at. Um, And that will make sense in a moment as we move along. But you remember the story in Acts 10 is that story about Peter going to Cornelius' house. Now, Cornelius is a Gentile. Peter didn't just choose to go there. He had a vision uh, that, that, that prepared him to go there. Uh, he had a vision that prepared him to go there, and Cornelius had a vision to send for Peter. So Peter didn't have this idea in his head all by himself that he needed to go to a Gentile home or to go and visit with some Gentiles, but he did understand to a degree, a little bit at that point, that, oh, the gospel is open for everyone. Uh, because you remember God used the uh, illustration of food to get his point across, and I always like it. Uh, that I think that's something Peter remembered for the rest of his life. I think that's something we would remember if food were used to make a point uh, that we needed to remember. But you see, so so we're t- we looked at that. We looked at how Peter went and, because he was sent for by Cornelius, and he went to that Gentile home, brought some people with him, because he didn't want to be accused of, of, of doing something that he shouldn't be doing, he made sure that he had some people with him to be witnesses. And they came with him to that Gentile home, uh, and he got there and he started, uh, he, he asked them, why do you want me to be here? Why, why am I here? Uh, and he understood that the gospel was for everyone, but then he put it into practice when they said, well, share with us what God's got on your heart. Share with us what the, the message that you've been given by God. Share with us. And it's just an open invitation by these Gentiles to hear the word of God, the gospel of Christ being preached to them. Well, today, when you begin the process, now this wasn't true when I was 15 uh, or 14. When, today, when you begin the process of getting a driver's license, you first must learn the rules of the road by attending an overly expensive driving class. <laughs> you may feel at the end of that class, if that's all you got, now, most of us got a parent, uh, some, of, some of us had a parent that took us out on a tractor, took us out, if they were brave enough, put them in the truck and went out and drove and you, you learned that way, but... If you made it through the class, you had a feeling that you knew how to drive. But there was no vindication. There was no proof, no evidence that that was the case until you held in your hand a little card that was your driver's license. 
Uh, you know, it's the same with swimming lessons, uh, or at least it was in my town. Everyone, when they finished the swimming course, got a nice little card. It was a white card, and it had red print on it. I remember this because they wrote my name on mine, and everybody got a card, all right? But not everybody got a Red Cross stamp on the back of the card. Ah, if you got the Red Cross stamp, then that vindicated, that was proof, that was evidence that you had learned to swim. So that was really a neat process to go through. My card, you ask? There is no official proof on any record anywhere that I have learned to swim. All right, so... There you go. So if you ever have an idea, an inkling that you think, well, we can get rid of this guy, well, there you go. There's your avenue. But back to our topic for today is the gospel for everyone. Today we see again and a little more what the Bible teaches us. If you are able and willing, stand in honor of the, of the reading of the Word of God. Acts chapter 10, verses 38 through 41. Bible says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. May God bless the reading of his word upon our hearts this morning. I invite you to be seated. This is exciting. I have enjoyed walking through Acts uh, with you, and we will continue this journey uh, through Acts as the Sundays go by. And I think you're going to find it just, just amazing, amazing. When thinking about the gospel, the power of the gospel is not in the thinking about it, but in the audible sharing of it. The divine power of God is behind the message of the gospel, but the message does no one any good until they hear it. They have to hear it. They've got to hear the gospel. The gospel must be proclaimed. It must be shared audibly. Paul, in his letter to the Christians in Rome, asks a great question. He says, How then are they to call on Him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? And that's not necessarily talking about me, a preacher, but talking about someone who is sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. There's a huge significance in the hearing of the gospel. It must first be shared in order to be heard. Look at verse 34. Uh, it says, opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. So Peter got it. He made the connection between the blanket that came down with all the food on it that he had to kill and eat. Uh, I used to, when I was growing up, I used to just, I, I, oh yeah, that vision of Peter and it was a big blanket full of food. That was awesome. Oh no, God said, you got to kill it and eat it. And he's, oh, okay, yeah. 
but he did that. But that's uh, there that happened, that vision occurred, and he connected it with people. And he understood that God was saying the gospel is not just for the Jews, but for all people, all people. He does not show partiality and that his gospel is open to all. In the sharing of the gospel, Peter affirms that God will not save a man just because he is a Jew or because he is rich or learned or of elevated rank or on account of external privileges, nor will he exclude a man because he is deprived of these privileges. There is no partiality with God. Amen. God loves the ugly and the pretty. Amen. He loves us all the same. And I love that. I love that. There's no partiality. God doesn't look and say, well, now I just kind of favor these, little, these people over here a little more. No, he loves us. You know why he loved? He made us. He made us. He made us who we are, how we are. Peter then speaks of the anointing of Jesus by God. He shares his life of good and healing. He shares uh, that he was a witness to all that Jesus did. Peter shares about the death of Christ on the cross and how on the third day God raised him to life. And then look at verse 42. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Then it appears. It look, now, you just listen to this. Okay, if you imagine you've heard a sermon and you hear words like this, and God ordered me to preach to the people, to testify that he is the one who has been appointed by God. Jesus is the one who's been appointed by God to judge, to be the judge of the living and the dead. And it almost appears that Peter is about to move in to some sort of invitation to respond to the gospel. It seems as if he's moving that direction. Uh, it says, Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins in verse 43 it sounds like he's about to just say hey if you want to receive forgiveness for your sins it seems like peter's about to move that direction and you know you you know that time in a sermon when a preacher's getting in that mode he's moving toward the the conclusion of his sermon he's moving toward that time of invitation you kind of start knowing when that's happening Uh, i know the instrumentalists always know uh, you know, they're like, oh, oh, I, I know what's happening now. And they kind of move into place. And, you know, it, it's interesting that we are aware of that. Well, you're looking at this and you hear, you, you know, Peter's saying, look, he who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. It sounds like Peter's moving that way. Uh, he's about to give an invitation. Uh, but he says, everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness. Everyone who believes in him. And that includes the Gentiles now. That includes people like you and me. We're not Jewish. It includes us. And so Peter's included everyone here. He understands this. He's sharing the message of the gospel with the people whom he felt at one point, "Mm, they're not worthy of even hearing the gospel. No, no, no. He's doing this, though, because God said this is right. Peter's being obedient to God. Today, the gospel must be shared and heard by all people, even those whom we feel 
don't, don't think they need it or want it. And what do I mean by that? Some people think they're okay. Oh, I don't need the Jesus. I'm good. I'm good enough. God's going to say, oh, you're so good. Come on into heaven. Some people think that, they've, that the, the, the good will outweigh the bad in the end, and they'll just be welcome into heaven. And that's not how it works. There are some who feel they do not need it. They do not need this gospel or Jesus at all. And some do not want it. Still, who has the responsibility of sharing? Who has that responsibility? Everyone who is a child of God. Everyone who is a child of God has the responsibility of sharing the gospel. Who has the responsibility of hearing? Who, is, who, who, needs, to, who needs to hear this? Who needs to hear the gospel? All who have not heard are the ones who need to hear. Who are they? They're everywhere. They're out there. They're in our community. They have not heard the gospel. Do you realize we truly have lost a generation? Do you realize we have people who do not know the stories of the Bible? Their parents never taught them because their parents grew up. And as their parents grew up, they may have had parents who drugged them to church. And they didn't like it. And so they told themselves, when I have children, I'm not dragging my children to church. My children are going to have the option not to go. And if they don't want to go, we're not going. And you're doing your child a grave disservice. You as a parent, bring your child up in the Lord. You lead the way. The child's not responsible enough at that age to know that, oh, it's a good thing to be at church and to be around other believers. It's a good thing to hear the Word of God preached and teached. I wondered if you were listening. It needs to be taught, and these kids need to hear it. And that's your responsibility as a parent, as a grandparent, to make sure those kids. I know you say, well, my, my grandkids, I just, I try, I try to have, I try to, keep trying, don't give up. Look, if you have to bring them to church, go ahead. It's important that they learn who God is. But everyone has a responsibility of hearing who has not heard. Specifically, those with whom you can share. The message of the gospel must be shared by God's children and heard by all who are not His children. It must be shared by His children to those who are not His children. Well, the second thing, vindication. How would Peter know? How would he know if the gospel message were truly for the, gospel, for the Gentiles? How would he know? Oh, well, Brother Craig, God said do it. God said, go, Peter, and it's for the Gentiles. I mean, that's enough. Isn't that enough? Is that enough? Is it enough that God said it's for the Gentiles? Isn't him saying that's enough, enough for us to believe it? In my small little mind, I think it should be enough. But do you know what? I'm a human being, and I know myself well enough to know that, well, I just need some evidence. I just need to really, really, really know. Know that I know that I know. I really know by experience. I think the Greek word is gnosko, to know by experience, to know in our mind. 
to really know. The English is so, it, it, it kind of breaks apart in English. But to, to really, really, really know. To know by experience something. Peter needed to know. To really know. How would he know? How would he know? I mean, out of obedience, he shares with these Gentiles the gospel message. But how does he know that this is really for them? And that, that, that Are they going to accept it? I mean, are they... Are they accepting it just because here's Peter and they've heard of him and he's sharing something with them and, they say, and they're thinking, hey, that sounds pretty cool. Okay, I think we'll do that. Peter needs to know. How does he know? Well, I mean, if some accepted it, then maybe he could be sure he was doing the right thing in his eyes. I mean, he, he knows it's right in God's eyes, okay? Because God said, God told him, go share with the Gentiles. These people need me. Peter's like, okay, okay, I'm going to do that because you told me to. I know you want that. But does Peter really, really believe it? At this point, it remains to be seen. Look at verses 44 through the, uh, the first part of verse 46. 44. While Peter was still speaking these words. Now, he's, giving, he's almost giving an invitation. He's, he's getting to that point. He who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And you, he, Peter's, Peter's like, okay, I'm going to ask the pianist to play, the organist to play. We're going to sing a song. and I, I want you to come. I mean, it's, you can almost, Peter's setting it up here. But it says, while, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, oh my, he's trying to give an invitation. He's trying to talk here. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. What? All the circumcised believers who came with Peter, those who were Jews, were amazed. Whoa! Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Whoa! Wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. Uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out. On us as believers. We're Jews and, and we're the, your people. Whoa, what's happening now? The Holy Spirit's pouring out on the Gentiles? Oh, what in the world? They're amazed at this. This is just, this is incomprehensible. This is, I, I, they're not understanding this too well. Look at verse, the first part of verse 46. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. What is happening here? Notice Peter does not have a, have a chance to invite them to, to accept Christ. God himself through the Holy Spirit interrupts. <laughs> he interrupts him. Ah! <laughs> I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to preach. And God interrupts me. Now, what is that? A good preacher will go home and say, Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for showing up. Thank you, Lord, for vindicating what I'm talking about. Thank you, God, for making your presence known. Oh, man. A bad preacher goes home and says, well, now I almost got to finish. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit showed up and messed everything up. My goodness, I can't believe it. But no, Peter, Peter's like, man, he, all of a sudden here, the Holy Spirit shows up. Now, Peter, he's being obedient. He's made his journey to Caesarea. He's visiting with these Gentiles. All of this right in the eyes of God. And now he's able to see with a blessed assurance that it is right. It is right. What he is doing is the right thing. This is what God has told him to do. So it is the right thing. But Peter's beginning to realize, oh, God's real serious about this. He really means it. This is a deal. This is a big deal. Right here, because Peter sees it with his own eyes. The Holy Spirit shows up. 
Now, these six who came with him, did, had, they hadn't seen the vision Peter saw. Remember, Peter was on the rooftop when he had his vision. They weren't with him. They didn't see this vision. They're like, Peter, Peter's like, come on, y'all got to go with me. We're going to this house. I want you with me. Come on. And they go, and they're just kind of like, where are we going, Peter? You know, I, I would have, you know, they're moving along with these other Gentiles. Remember the gen, they, those that went to say, hey, Peter, let's go. Come with us. It's kind of like, mm, this is a little strange here. We're going with these Gentiles. So they had not seen this vision that Peter had. They didn't grasp the fact that the gospel of Christ was for all people. Oh, but they do now. Oh, they do now. They see what happened. They see the Holy Spirit is being poured out upon these people as well. Evidence, vindication for the trip and the preaching has been made. Has been made as these who heard responded to the message of the gospel. They were so ready. The time was ripe that they did not wait for an invitation. <laughs> the Holy Spirit didn't even wait. God didn't wait. They began, it says, the Bible tells us that they, they began speaking in tongues. Those who were with Peter were amazed because they had heard this happen before. This happened one other time. When the Holy Spirit showed up, they started speaking in tongues then. And they're like, wait a minute, we remember that? But that was for the Jews. Oh, whoa, do you see what a big deal this is? The, the Jews, oh, we're God's people, we're God's people. All those people out there, well, not sure about them, not sure what's going to happen to them, but we're God's people. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. You mean, no. You mean these Gentiles are going to be able to be God's people too? Oh, well now, you know, what is it today? Mind blown. What? You mean the gospel message is, is for everybody? It, it's not just for us, the Jews? I mean, it's not just, I thought we were, we're God's people, we're special. <laughs> Guess what? Kind of interesting. Other people can be special too. Other people can have the gospel. Other people can have Christ in their hearts. Other people can have the Holy Spirit in their hearts. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is a pivotal point in Christian history. This is a pivotal point in the history of the world itself. The message of the gospel is open to every people. Every person. Everybody. All the people. Those who were with Peter are amazed. Here's the proof. The gospel for the Gentiles too. This same thing happened in that upper room. But now it's happening in a Gentile home. This is evidence for all that God is moving the gospel beyond just the Jews. The Gentiles are speaking in tongues. It's interesting that Peter had to go all the way back to Pentecost to grab that. To find an example of what happened in the home of Cornelius. Why is this? This suggests that a dramatic baptism of the Spirit accompanied by speaking in tongues was not an everyday occurrence in the church. It did not happen every single time someone came to Christ. Peter had to go back and say, okay, y'all remember in Pentecost this happened. And, these, and these, these, these six that are with him are like, whoa, wait a minute, that happened then, but... Uh, but that was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is to signify that the coming of the Holy Spirit also was going to include these Gentiles. Oh, whoa. Now, this is big. I mean, we got the Spirit. Yes, we do. We got the Spirit. How about you? 
No, not the Gentiles. Oh, yes, now today. Yes, yes, it's open to them too. And so here, look, Peter could not use the experience of the Samaritans as his example. The Samaritans had received the gift of the Spirit through the laying on of the apostles' hands. And that still was what's happening today. Notice this speaking in tongues was not sought by anyone. It wasn't expected. It wasn't demanded by anyone. This is not something everyone thought was going to happen or should happen. I mean, waiting, they weren't waiting for this to happen. Okay, they're going to speak in tongues. If they speak in tongues, then we know that, they're, that the gospel is for them. No, they weren't, they weren't expecting that at all. They weren't expecting anything, I don't think. They're sitting there watching Peter, listening to Peter share the gospel, and, and Peter's doing it. Hey, here's the Gentiles. I'm sharing the gospel. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is poured upon them. And they're like, whoa, okay. Okay, this is real. This is real. It occurred at this particular time, the speaking in tongues, as a sign to show that Jesus is Lord of all people, not just the Jews. Look at the last part of verse 46. It says, Then Peter answered, Surely, I love this, and I love Peter because Peter talks, Peter speaks. Sometimes Peter doesn't think before he speaks, but he speaks. You can always rely on Peter to say something. Peter, you got any comments on that? You got an opinion on that? Peter's got one. It's okay. He says here, though, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Can he? <laughs> Whoa, now. I mean, this is a lot to take in for these six that are with Peter. This is a lot to take in. Okay, the Gospels for the Gentiles? Okay, really? I don't know. Oh, the Holy Spirit shows up. Okay, all right, maybe maybe there, maybe that's it. Oh, now we're talking baptism? Now we're talking it straight away? But uh, you can, I mean, think about this. Gentiles, the hated ones, the ones that we don't talk to, the ones that we avoid, the ones we certainly don't eat with. Oh, no, we don't get around them. It's all happening so fast. This is where I question uh, whether or not we're, we're talking about some, uh, some Baptist people here. And, and I think we probably are because I, I, I think we'll see in, in, uh, in later in uh, chapter 11 some things that kind of show that what? <laughs> Wait a minute. We're not ready for all this to be happening. Now, this is way too much all at one time. We're talking about baptism already. Now, I, I don't know about this. Peter is obviously convinced that Cornelius and his house have trusted in Christ, and he makes that statement. Surely no one can refuse water for these to be baptized. Oh, surely not. He then orders them to be named, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They invite him to stay a few days with them. So they stay. When someone accepts Christ, a change will occur. A change will occur that will be visible by all who know that person. A noticeable difference will be observable with someone who is trusted in Christ. There will be a noticeable difference. The gospel is for everyone. Some people will look and think, well, it might not be for them over there. It might not be for them they look too tough. They look like they don't need Jesus because they're tough enough. <laughs> they look like they're doing well. They've got everything they need. I mean, why they need Jesus? I mean, they've got everything. They've got the latest car. I mean, the car that's about to come out, they've already got it. I mean, you know. They've got all the latest stuff. They don't need Jesus. Oh, 
Oh, oh, Jesus is not about material things. Jesus is way more. <laughs> Jesus is way more important than material, temporary things on this earth. Jesus is about eternal life. <laughs> Jesus is about living with, with him forever in heaven with God. I mean, this is having your sins forgiven. This is a big deal. This is not something small. Everybody needs Jesus. Jesus is for everyone. Peter, he, he orders them to... Uh, to, to, he orders these people to be baptized and, and, and because the, a noticeable difference has happened, has occurred. The Holy Spirit's been poured out upon them. Is the Bible or is the gospel for the people you see when you're out and about? Is the gospel for those that you don't want to talk to? Is the gospel for some of those people that you're avoiding? The presence of the Holy Spirit will help you. Lean on Him. Share the good news. If that person accepts Christ, you will know and observe a visible difference in their life. You will know. Yes, that was the time. That was the moment the gospel was for them. You will know if they respond positively to the message and their life changes. I tell you, we, we sometimes... Determine in our own minds whom we think need Jesus. Those whom we think need Jesus. We, we determine, well, they do. I think I'll talk to them. What about this person? What about this person? They need Jesus too. The message of the gospel must be shared by God's children and heard by all who are not. And the Holy Spirit will assure you, the Holy Spirit will assure you that the gospel was for someone when their life is changed. It, it's for them. You may not see that change immediately. You might. But the gospel is for them. And a change happens in a person's life when they accept Christ. They are a different person. We don't have to go back very far in the Bible to find the difference of that that. The gospel made in Paul's life. Saul, now known as Paul. His name was even changed. To mark that there was a difference that occurred. He used to kill Christians. Round them up. Make sure they were in jail. Make sure that they were punished for being a Christian. But now, now Paul's out sharing the good news. Now Paul's making sure that there are more Christians. It's a difference. There's a difference that occurs when a person accepts Christ. And the gospel is for everyone. The gospel is even for you. Have you accepted Christ? Have you repented, turned away from your sin? Have you asked God to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life and to be in charge of your life? Listen, this is the most important decision you will ever make what to do with the gospel, what to do with Jesus. The gospel is for you, and it's for everyone that you see. Every person you run into in this world, the gospel is for them. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer, I pray that you're sharing that gospel with others. I hope that you're able to start a conversation with someone who, whom who may not look like you, who may not uh, believe like you do, 
who may not see the world like you do. But I hope that you can start a conversation talking with them about Christ because Jesus died on that cross for them and they need to hear it. They need to know it. The gospel is for them. I pray that this has been a time of encouragement for you and I pray that if you are ever, if you ever find yourself in Winsboro, Louisiana or even near us on a Sunday morning, we would love to see you at our church. We'd love to meet you. Uh, our Bible study starts at 9.45 for all ages, and then our time of worship begins at 10.55 a.m. every Sunday morning. We're located at 502 Highland Street. Uh, we're right behind the Winsboro State Bank. It's a very large bank in Winsboro, and it's right uh, downtown, the main uh, Highway 15. So as you pass through town, you will be able to see it. Uh, and if you're coming uh, from the north, uh, if you're coming from the north, if you're coming south, you'll be turning left right after the Winsboro State Bank and you'll find us. You will find us right there on Highland Street. Or you can look us up at fbcwinsboro.com on the internet. Again, that's fbcwinsboro.com. Thank you for listening today. And remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.